Things are looking bad at Intel. Amazon is actually getting into the medical game. And my favorite project AMD ever made is real. It's so real. I love it. Let's get in the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're going to be going over the hottest tech news I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And we're going to start off talking about some shakes and bakes happening on Intel's side of things. In case you wanted to buy a previous generation motherboard from Intel, like a Z690 or B660, reports are coming out that Intel is going to be discontinuing these motherboard chipsets. This is something that's a little atypical. Normally, they're not discontinued this close to the launch of the actual chips that can still use them. The 13th gen can still be placed on them but it is an indication that Intel is trying to move things forward. They want to be on 14th gen later this year with Meteor Lake and likely might be cutting these off so that they can focus on development in the future. However, there's no report that the H610 chipsets are going to be removed at any time in the near future. So in case you're looking to do a budget build, you're likely going to be fine. If you're looking to do overclocking, you're going to have to go with the brand new stuff. But even worse than that, this is officially being reported by Intel. They are deciding to cut their dividend by two thirds and make it only 50 cents annually on the company's common stock. This is part of their efforts to actually decrease their capital expenditures so that they can continue to be competitive and get ahead of where AMD is and make sure that they turn around the little slump that they've been over the last few years, invest more in the foundries with the CEO saying prudent allocation of our owners capital is important to enable our IDM 2.0 strategy and sustain our momentum as we rebuild our execution engine. We remain on track to deliver five nodes in four years and continue to expand the Intel foundry service customer base. We're well into the ramp of 13 gen Intel Core and fourth gen Intel Xeon scalable processors. And we look forward to the launch of Meteor Lake and Emerald Rapids in 2023 and Granite Rapids and Sierra Forest in 2024. So Intel saying that this is actually a forward thinking move, that they are trying to stop giving people money just for holding their stock, which does seem to be kind of the situation that we're in in tech overall. Typically, this is not how it always goes, but a company starts issuing dividends to their shareholders when they're just a legacy company. They kind of have conquered the market share. You know, you talk about Walmart, Coca-Cola. There's not a ton of places that they can expand into. It's going to slow the growth a little bit. So in order to keep shareholders happy, they issue dividends to get people to continue to hold on to the stock. But in tech, things are now rapidly changing. AI accelerators are becoming more and more common and Intel needs to potentially wake up and get into the program and cutting the amount of money that they're giving people does look like it's going to be the path forward for them, especially since they've started the dividend in 1992. They've issued 80 billion dollars in cash returns. Time to hold on to a little bit of that. And potentially, if you're an Intel shareholder, you wanted to buy a new PCI Express Gen 5 SSD, you might be able to spend it on this Aorus that's officially available for back order over on Newegg. A two terabytes going to set you back three hundred and forty dollars, but with promises of 10 gigabytes bytes per second read, nine and a half gigabytes per second write, and a whopping chunk in heatsink. This is looking to be a mighty fine thing. It did also get listed on Amazon, but it's currently out of stock. Gigabyte, hey, if you're listening, I'd love to check. I have several projects that I could use this in. I would love to, if you want to, we can we can work together, please, and thank you. And I like to work together with Reese. He's a, he's a smashing chap. 
Smashing. Thank you very much, Reese, but you know what deal you didn't have on UFD deals? The Ionic 6. I have to confess this every single time. I really like the look of this car. I know it looks ridiculous, and I am going to admit, I, I like weird-looking cars. The Nissan Juke, I always wanted one. I was never going to buy one, but I always was like, that's a weird-looking thing, or something like the Chrysler Prowler. That is deep into my heart of things I would enjoy to have one day. But the price is getting revealed on the U.S. launch for the Ionic 6, and it looks like it's going to start at $41,600 for the 240-mile rear-wheel drive version, and it's going to be $45,000 for the 361-mile rear-wheel drive version, and if you want the all-wheel drive, it's going to go up to $49,000, then the highest trim levels will get you up to $56,100, but for a 360-mile range EV starting at $45,500, that's actually fairly competitive in North America, and if it qualifies for the tax credits, that's going to put it just below forty dollars for what arguably is one of my favorite sedans, hatchbacks, whatever you want to call it, beefy looking nonsense Porsche knockoff Volkswagen hybrid crap. I've heard all of the bad criticisms of that and it still draws me. I like it more than the Ionic 5. I like it more than the EV6. For some reason, it drew me in really hard, which is what Elden Ring did to everybody last year. In case you don't remember, it was a firestorm of everybody playing that gosh dang game and Bandai Namco announcing that 20 million people have purchased Elden Ring, 20 million tarnished. That's a lot of maidens. And while Starlink's trying to get that type of adoption that Elden Ring has, they're increasing their prices in some regions and decreasing it in others, announcing certain changes that are gonna go on a $10 per month increase for customers in limited capacity areas and $20 per month in excess capacity areas. Also, additionally, because I have the RV version for some of the streams that we're gonna be doing, I got an email that it's actually gonna go up $15 a month for me from 135 all the way up to 150 because I'm in a low capacity area and they want to charge me more for it, which it's the name of the game, I suppose. And that's what Amazon's trying to play. The game of just acquire literally everything. The acquisition of one medical appears to be getting finalized. Regulators aren't completely done. The FTC is still kind of looking into it, but they said that they wouldn't contest the buyout. They're purchasing it for roughly $4 billion. One medical is supposed to make healthcare easier. Some nebulous claims of the fact that it helps make it easier to schedule appointments, renew prescriptions, access up-to-date health records with advanced health outcomes. It seems like it's an access service. I have a deep question for a lot of you. I know that there's a severe distrust in our community of Amazon, at least based on other things that I've pitched out in the comments. Would you trust Amazon with your prescriptions, with your medical records, all of that kind of stuff? And then alternatively, on the other side of that, do you think that your non-tech family members, if they could just get their prescriptions delivered via Amazon, they would just go ahead and do that? Let me know what you think down below in the comments. And while Amazon's trying to buy up everything, AMD trying to stack everything. They talked about at the ISSCC conference that they're trying to stack DRAM. They want they want RAM on top of RAM. They want everything stacked. They want everything chiplitized because it just makes it so that you can finally keep up with Moore's Law despite the fact that things are getting smaller when you can't go small in the process. You gotta go bigger on the chunk. And while AMD's trying to give you more for the price, NVIDIA trying to give you less, which is just considerably their MO with it being reported finally that they have removed P2P functionality on the RTX 30 and 40 series. This is being investigated by Puget Systems, who did some digging with NVIDIA to find out that P2P, which allows for memory sharing to go across two different GP 
CPUs if you have them in the same system and make it access as if you have one giant pool of memory that is not available on consumer cards. And NVIDIA is only going to allow that to happen on the professional quadros, making it so that there's a product segment there, which is just kind of a continuation of the trend that NVIDIA doesn't want to support multi GPUs. I believe the 4090 is the only card that you can put an NVLink bridge on. I wouldn't be surprised if the 5090 gets rid of that. They've really been marching down the amount of cards that could actually have multi GPU capacity. So it does make sense while they're segmenting this, but at the same time, they're removing a feature that used to be free that very, very few people actually need. Not a ton of people are using this. So they're really just screwing over the type of people who need this functionality and also need to save money because instead of getting the $7,000 Quadro that's equivalent performance of the 4090, they can just buy the 4090, but NVIDIA won't give that to them. You need to drop 14 grand on Quadros nerds. And I would probably would not drop 14 grand, but I'd drop a lot of money to get AMD's Project Quantum. And hey, fortunately now, you might, might not have to because I talked about this back when this video came out. Stand Up Gamer did a video where they made their own Project Quantum liquid-cooled PC. They created my dream product that AMD never released, only showed off as a concept back in 2015. But now, finally, they've made it available as a 3D print setup over on Thingiverse. So if I actually wanted to build this out, I could. I just need to get a 3D printer that can handle it and work on it. But if you want it, you can do it. Leave links in the doobly-doo. And I'm gonna leave this episode of Hot News because it's done. It's over. Good day. I love you. Maybe.